0: that's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is not an email, but I have something I want to run by you. I We have okay. a lot of emails, but I brought, I brought this up. Well, I thought about it this weekend, and I want to run it by you. Okay. Um, uh, we're going to call it the potato skin theory. Okay. Now, you can substitute potato skin for chicken wings, slice of pizza, brownies, anything where you're sharing with, like, a table full yeah. of people, or even just you and your partner, you and okay. your friend. When there's one left and you want it, mm-hmm. you can either just grab it and take it, but that seems rude. Okay. But what you usually say is, does anybody want this last potato skin? Yeah. What you're actually saying is, I want this last potato skin. Now, remember, it can be anything that you eat. I, is anybody want? What you're really saying is, I want this last potato skin, but I don't want to be a dick and just take it. Okay. But I'm going to throw it out there hoping that everybody will say, no, 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 Dave, go ahead. Mm-hmm. However, you cannot be the person who says, oh, yeah, I'll have that last potato skin because what you've really done is you've taken that from them. They have claimed it by saying, does anybody Uh, want the last potato skin? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think I'm trying to think about my personal situation. They say in Minnesota, it's like a thing where there's always one thing left because everyone's too nice to take the last bite of something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. true. That is very true. So
2: that's like a Minnesota thing. But um, like in our house generally i never want the last thing i'm full so i'm always like here jake eat this oh really okay. and he'll say yes but occasionally it'll be like one cookie left and i really do want it and i'll be like you want this cookie and he'll he'll say no you can have it and i'll go oh if you insist and then i eat it
1: see your jake is like my susan she'll be like those last meatball i save those for you the last two meatballs are yours and I will say, like, no, I would save them for you, which is a lie because mm-hmm. I'm not saving them for you. I'm hoping that she will give them to me. Yeah. Um, but she's very generous. She'll be like, oh, no, 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 you have them. And a lot of the time I think she really doesn't want them. But I will say there's one exception to this rule. If you are at a group of people or it's your spouse and you love them, you know them, then they can say, uh, I'll split it with you. Yep. For example, let's say you and I are out at Devani's and we're having a, a delicious pizza. There's one piece left. We both want it. I say, "Oh, you're gonna finish You go ahead and have that last piece of pizza if you want it." But you know that that's me saying, yeah. "I want it." Absolutely. You then, because we're friends, you can say, "Let's split it." Yep. So that's fair. But yeah. You can't do that with probably your boss or a coworker. You got to know that person. You do. Pretty well, you got to have think? a
2: comfort level with them. If I if I, if I was with my family. I would just take the last thing if I wanted it, like my like sister and my mom and stuff. I'd be like, "Oh, would you? Though? I'd be but what like, what if
1: your mom wanted that last egg roll? Your mom loves egg rolls. I just know my family well. I'm the beast in the family. Yeah, but what if mom wanted that last egg roll? Or what if you were with? She would let me know. Okay, what about you're with Tina? Yeah, Tina, Jenny. There's egg rolls. So They're delicious. Comfortable.
2: Pot no. stickers. Let you, do yeah. you like
1: pot stickers, Fallon? I do.
2: I do. It's not about the type of food. Okay. I think I get your point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I'm super hungry right now. I
2: can tell. You're just listing what you want, want for lunch. I a pot lunch. sticker with a,
1: just the right amount of that sauce on it. Okay,
2: there. Dave. I think I get your point. Okay. Uh With Tina and Jenny, um, Jenny would never eat it. It'd be between me and Tina. And Tina and I would split it, absolutely. Tina and I split, every time Tina and I go somewhere, we always split something. We just do. Do you really? Let's yep. say
1: you'll split like an order of whatever or a sandwich cut yes. it in half, maybe something like uh, that?
2: Typically not a sandwich, but yeah, like something like-, like
1: pasta maybe? Like if we,
2: if we went to um, Crave, for instance, we would probably split something like a sushi roll and yep. then get oh, our entrees totally. or something. Like we, Tina and I always, for the most part, split something.
1: So am I missing anything with having the last one? You pointed out very valid fact in Minnesota. We don't want to be a jerk and take the last of anything. Right. If it's your family or somebody that you love, you can get away with it. But if you're with a table full of friends, if you all go out with a bunch of co-workers mm-hmm. or relatives and you all, let's get a bunch of ta- appetizers for everybody. Let's get a table
2: full of appetizers.
1: Yeah. You never take the last wing. You never take the last potato skin. In Indiana,
2: it's like this. There's always like, it's just like one guy named James. He grabs, he's like, sucks to be everyone else. <laughs> it's a very different <laughs> attitude where I'm from. It's very different. It's like <laughs> each man for himself. So now, What's
1: funny is that Fallon's Town mm-hmm. uh, is the inspiration for Shit's Creek.
2: Thank you. So, Thank um, you so much. My dad, they loosely based Roland off of my dad. Um, (laughs) I think it's true. This is an email with a bunch of topics in it.
1: Hey, thanks for all the emails. We got a bunch and we we appreciate it.
2: Thank you. The undoing. I enjoyed your debate the other day about why we don't have sympathy for some personalities or diseased people who commit crime, but we do for others. I think we find it hard to have sympathy for a narcissist because the majority of people with this personality to some degree know they are a narcissist. There are many killers who have openly said they liked the attention. It made them feel powerful, etc. So there is a selfish reason behind the crime, whereas a schizophrenic person will be lacking balanced brain chemistry. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea if there are any ways to treat, help with narcissist personality types, or if it is a result of chemical imbalance. Number two, to the girl who wrote in for advice on a breakup, I was in the exact same position when I was 22 to make a a sad long story short. My boyfriend of four years and I broke up. Oh, that's like exactly like that girl then. Mm -hmm. Um, It was my first real heartbreak. I was in a terrible depression, but it helped me realize what other things were making me unhappy. I quit the job I hated. I reconnected with friends and stopped seeing the friends who made me feel bad about myself. I found new hobbies. I joined a new gym. I'm now 24. I have a job I love. I am a coach at the gym I joined. I've met the absolute love of my life and really never have been happier. Point being, trust the process. It's going to hurt. It's going to be hard, but there are so many better days ahead and reasons to keep going. Shout out to my mom and dad for pulling me out of my depressive state by not letting me do anything alone for a solid eight months. Those are good parents. That's
1: pretty cool. Didn't let her do anything alone for eight months. That's, I think that, I mean, to oversimplify everything, things that you think you're never going to recover from, you will recover. I think that our human spirit and our souls or hearts or brains, whatever, they are very, um, uh, what's the word, adaptable yeah. to whatever situation. Some situations are much more hard to ever adapt to. If you lose a child, for example, I can't imagine I you would ever fully yeah. adapt to it. But a breakup is one of those things where in X amount of years or months or time or whatever, it might still you might still remember that person fondly, but it definitely gets better because we're very adaptable mm-hmm. to things like that. Going back to, I brought this up because I was watching, and again, here comes spoiler alert, on the undoing. I don't want to spoil it and I won't completely spoil it for you, but something happens where somebody in the movie, in the series, turns out to be a ridiculous narcissist that only thinks about themselves. And I said, why is it that with some people will have sympathy for their the way they were born? And other times we will have no sympathy for they were, we had no sympathy for Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was a very charming person, was very manipulative. But it seems very... like
2: some people did actually for him. It no, was some weird. People, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I know somebody who is like the biggest liar ever. Yeah. And they're very manipulative and very shady, but some people really believe them. But I think my point is, why do we forgive some people for being fucked up and we don't forgive other people for being fucked up? Yeah. And I think last week when we talked about it, it's like some people, you have a choice of whether you're going to murder somebody. hmm But then do you? I don't know. Did Jeffrey Dahmer have a choice, or was he absolutely, he could not control himself for murdering people? Or the kids that shot up Columbine, should they be forgiven because they had depression or they had anxiety? I don't know. We'll forgive somebody who might, I don't know, whatever, drink too much because they have depression. But we wouldn't forgive the kids that shot up Columbine.
2: Jake says to me that I am a black and white person, which, and that's- a good thing and a bad thing because it's hard for me to see the gray. So for me, it's easy for me to be like, no, I don't forgive that person. But if if someone broke it down more for me and like gave me a full case unload of that person, then yeah, it might change my mind a little bit. But from the black and white immediate response that was like, no, I don't forgive them. I don't forgive them for no, what they I did. I don't either.
1: I think a lot of people just should not be forgiven. There's some people who are just never going to contribute positively to society. Yeah. Like the kids in Columbine. One was like depression and, and depressed, and he was a, a suicidal, and he was a wreck. But the other kid was manipulative, and if there's anything, just evil. Mm-hmm. And he would go to counseling, and uh, because his parents knew he had a lot of problems, they'd send him to counseling. He would then write, there's a book called Columbine. And he would, I read it, and he would write to his counselors and say, my gosh, I really think this has paid off. I just feel so much different and better, and and I really feel just so blessed that this has worked. And then his counselors would be like, yes. Yeah. Eric has recovered so well, he's mm-hmm. done so great, and I don't think he needs treatment anymore. And then Eric would go home and write in his journal about what a bunch of dumb fucks they were, oh. that they believed yeah. in and how stupid they were, how smart he was. What an evil motherfucker. Yeah. And But he was mentally ill. So do you say he was mentally ill, I forgive him, or do you say, what an evil motherfucker? I'll leave that up to you to decide, and we'll move on to our next email. Well, it's
2: still the same email because now she has a conversation topic at it. Oh, okay. I once read a book that stated 1 in 24 people you meet are narcissistic, but it's an ever-changing scale. Your Ted Bundys are on the 24 side, whereas your bitchy, non-empathetic girlfriend is actually a narcissist. The scary part is the higher you are on a scale, the more likely you'll be to snap or the more horrible things you're capable of, cheating, stealing, lying. Uh, These are just examples she gave. I have always thought this was an interesting point of view going through people in your life. I can think of about seven people I've met who are probably very high on the scale. Can you guys think of people in your life that have this personality? Um, There's one person that Dave knows that I'm thinking of that would be the highest person on my list. And um, who? I'll spell it it down. No, no, I don't know that person like oh, you do. Okay. I know that person so – no, I, that might be your person, my person. There's one person I've encountered that's, like, the worst narcissist of all time. No.
1: No? Okay. But if listeners don't know him, then it doesn't really matter. doesn't matter, matter but okay. it, no. Write it down. Let me see. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. Okay.
2: Well, we can't say it, obviously. I would no, never do that. we're not going to say it, yeah. but we're
1: just kind of, like, for our own reference yeah. here. But um, – uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what a psychologist would diagnose this person as, but I've never met anybody as detestable, manipulative, self-centered, unempathetic, unsympathetic in my life.
2: As that one person you wrote down? As that
1: one person. And the funny thing is, they're so manipulative that they will convince other people that they're super charming mm-hmm. and that they're really wonderful. And they're far from it. And I wonder if they are aware of that. I wonder if they go to bed at night going, I'm a miserable, fucked up, manipulative, awful, self-centered person, and I can't help it.
2: I would say no. And here's why. I've been told if you, like, worry if you're a good person, like, you worry about that, like, it, you think about it, not like it consumes you, then you are. Because you have the thought, you have, like, you think about it. Like, a person who actually was... They would just assume they're a good person and never, ever even question if they're a bad person. So I would imagine if that person is truly like you s- described them, they go to bed just fine at night and don't think about if they're a bad person because it never crossed their mind that they be anything but a good person. Because
1: I they think they, it's possible they think everybody else is the problem and mm-hmm. they are not part of the problem. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. More emails now. Um, this was actually just a really, really kind one. Um, Some content for your after the show podcast. I wanted to make a list of things that either commercials on your station or you personally have had an impact on me buying. Hope this doesn't sound stalkerish. I just want to show you the influence. I got LASIK with Mark Lobanoff because of you guys. I got my wedding ring for me and him at Shane Company. Oh, cool. Uh, I got an in motion elliptical. Dave got Dave's book. Um, friends, helping friends, baby, baby diaper and formula shelf in Hudson, Wisconsin. You had them on Christmas wish a few years ago and I sent them supplies because of that. Nice. Christmas wish donations, Mr. Ninja coffee maker, not Mr. Coffee. And I had taken a beekeeping class the same year as Fallon, but I think I committed to a hive after she did. That's from Rebecca. So Rebecca, thank you so much. That's so cool. Well,
1: it's funny because we have all these like social media influencers And, you know, usually they're honestly they're like younger women a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and they're like, I'm an influencer and they have all these brands and they'll, you know, link to this or whatever. And um, I'm not like that at all, but I think DJs, the ones that get to talk about their own personal lives, we're probably like the original influencers because we get to talk about like the restaurants that we went to or the things that we bought, Mm -hmm. or, you know, sometimes we get paid to endorse things like Shane Company Jewelers, but I love Shane Company Jewelers. You do, yeah. I always do because they're priced right, and they're different models than other jewelry stores, and I just love them. I never go in there and ever get ignored or talk to somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about, Uh, and they don't hire pushy people, so I really enjoy it. Um, The in motion, a little elliptical, is just something that I stumbled across, and uh, I've Probably sold a couple of hundred of those things Probably, because I honestly. totally recommended. They're a $100 elliptical, and it's called In Motion, the stamina model is the one I have. But a lot of the stuff you have, too, you mm-hmm. brought up, like, I mean, you are a total influencer on online way more than me. But on the radio, you recommend, like, a TV show or a restaurant. Yeah. And when I go to, a, like, I'll be like, hey, Fallon, I'm in the North Loop. What's a restaurant I should mm-hmm. go to? 'Cause I don't know. I'm
2: honored that you asked me that. It always makes me feel like, oh, that's I think it's nice. Let's do one more email because I know we're probably gonna run short of time and then yep. something you and I were discussing off the air quickly. Okay. We have
1: time for one but not the other.
2: Honestly. We only do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well then we'll get back to our personal one um, later. Okay. Um, we'll read the email. Uh, while Dave's scatting was iconic, we'd prefer it not to happen again, so I'd write it I thought I'd write in a question. My husband and I- Nope. My- we time. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
2: My husband- Nope. My husband and I- Go. My husband and I have an almost four-year-old daughter, and we're attempting to get pregnant again. We've had several people bring up the age gap that will be between our children if we have a second. Dave, I know your children are spread out in age and geographically. Fallon, you and your sisters are spread out along with the gap between Dylan and Olive. Can you discuss how you've tried to navigate close relationships between your kids slash siblings in spite of these gaps? What are some pros and cons you've experienced with spread out ages? It's something I can't change and find myself worrying about. So I thought some outside perspective on the topic might be nice. She did not tell us what the age I guess it it would be four years, four or five years, because they have a four year old. Well,
1: that's nothing. Yeah, that's, that's not nothing. Yeah.
2: Because my sister and I are eight and a half years, and then Olive and Dylan are, uh, what, twelve years apart. Yeah. Um, and Jake actually and his brother are about the same distance as Olive and Dylan. Okay. So, but you have like that to experience. Carson's yeah. majorly different. I got
1: a lot of. My brother was four, five years older than me. Um, The good news is we were pretty close when we were kids because we shared a bedroom and he was a really good big brother. Um, uh, And so the more time they spend together, the closer they're going to be when they grow up. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I don't know my older sisters very well because we didn't spend a whole lot of time together. Okay, Allison and Carson, we forced in (laughs) a good way for them to spend time together. So even when Allison got older, we'd still send them to like on a vacation together. Like we'd fly them to Universal Studios so they can go on a little trip together. We kind of forced them to spend time together. So now they're pretty close. They were probably, I mean, they grew up together. So they're probably closer than any other pair of siblings um, in my family, of my kids. Um, But I would say if you're worried about it, force them to spend time together. Don't let them go off to different corners of the room. Make them play games together. Make them clean up dog poop together force them to spend time together.
2: It's new to us. So I think we're figuring it out as well. But here's what I will assume is that you're raising a wonderful four-year-old right now. And it just shows how amazing of a kid Jake and Dylan's mom raised because Dylan is natural. I knew Dylan would be good with a baby because when we would go to weddings and stuff, Dylan would play with the little kids. And I don't mean like the eight-year-olds. Dylan would play with, like, the one-year-olds and three-year-olds. Like, he's just great with kids. So I always knew he'd be good with our baby, and that's just how they raised him. So he's so good about playing with her and being cute. But, yeah, he's 13, so he wants to then go play his video games. So we allow him to do that, but we make them – we made him get in the photo with Santa last year. This year he's 13, so we did not make him do it. Mm, But we wanted him to have, like, one – so we – we're making him do traditions that maybe he wouldn't want to. Like, we're all going to wear family matching PJs for Christmas Eve and stupid stuff like that that a, a 13-year-old doesn't want to do. But I think it's just going to be, yeah, our responsibility as he gets older and wants to spend less time with us, making him be like, hey, she's, she's your little to, yeah. sister. You got to. And Jake said, like, Jake and Davy, his brother, they're like best friends now. They're like, I mean. It oh, just, that's great. They're just best friends. doesn't always happen that yeah, way. Yeah. So I think that. I don't know that Olive and Dylan will be best friends, but I hope that they are.
1: Then you know what? They might be. You never yeah. know. So, And that's going to wrap it up. We have more emails uh, tomorrow. We'll get to that. And then Fallon and I have a theory about tug time. What was it What you called it? it wasn't tug time. It was like...
2: Um, um, I don't know. Jerking it?
1: Yeah, something like that. I'm so, more
2: of a jerk than a tug kind of person.
1: Okay. I, well, let's talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> something to look forward to <laughs> on the Minnesota Goodbye.